In Matthew 4.19, Jesus says, follow me and I will make you fishers of men. Join us in this conversation as we discuss following Jesus, leadership, and doing life with others. Welcome to the 419 Disciple Makers Podcast. Hello, and welcome to this episode of 419 Disciple Makers Podcast. This is Beth Laurie, and I'm so glad to be here today with two of my brothers in Christ. We have Ray Bachman and Dwayne Wood. Both of them have been uh, with us before on previous episodes. We would love for you to go back and listen to their stories. They have a wonderful testimony of how God has worked in and through their lives. Uh, Ray would be on episode 57 and Dwayne would be on episode 59. So if you haven't uh, listened yet, please go back and listen to those. But I would like to welcome Dwayne and Ray. Glad to be with you guys today. Excited to be here. Good to be here with you, Beth. And so we are talking to two people who have shown and continue to live a wonderful life of stewardship for God's kingdom. And we are gathered here today to talk about stewardship and what that really is. I think there's a lot of misconceptions around stewardship, and maybe people think it's just giving or maybe think it's something else. But I'd love to hear from you guys. Uh, let's just start with what is stewardship? Well, uh, this Stewardship is um, basically managing the affairs of another by a, a Webster Dictionary definition. And uh, it's something a little bit more deeper than that for the body of believers, though, because uh, I, I think it really encompasses everything that we're supposed to do. It is, it is a, signet, a, a signal that you understand lordship and that he is over all things, and we are merely the, uh, the, the managers of those things. Now, there's such a difference between steward and being an owner. And being a steward means you're taking care of somebody else's life, property, or wealth, um, whatever. And so it, it actually, I think, adds a sense of responsibility because it's not yours, but you're trying to do the best you can with somebody else's possession or, um, you know, representing them. So I think there's a heavy duty focus on stewardship as opposed to ownership. Stewardship as opposed to ownership. Yeah. I, I, I just want to echo back on top of what, what Ray said is oh, ownership signifies that you're in control. Mm -hmm. Stewardship signifies that God, the creator, is uh, in, in control of everything. He owns it all. And, and we, we see that echoed through in many, many scriptures. Uh, one that was recently brought to my mind that was an example of, of acknowledgement of stewardship uh, was, was in Job. And I don't really think about stewardship when you initially pick up and, and start reading the book of Job. We, we think about different things there. It's one of the oldest uh, books, but Job acknowledged that everything was from God. And he told his wife, he said, why, why should we expect good and not expect bad as well? And uh, he, he, he stated that, uh, that um, uh, the Lord gives, the Lord takes away. Mm -hmm. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Mm -hmm. The Lord's in control of all of it. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Uh, you know, I, again, I've, I've read that numerous times, but I didn't really think about it in terms of stewardship until about two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a great uh, example. The Lord gives, the Lord takes away. 
blessed be the name of the Lord. So before we get too far into this, what about stewardship and discipleship? Like, how are they related? What, and specifically with disciple making, what is the, what is the connection there? You know, Matthew 28, 19 and 20 is probably the most famous of, of the verses of the Great Commission. And I mean, there weren't, there was the Great Commission, not the, um, the Great uh, Suggestion, you know, and, and I guess because I've been so involved in discipleship for so many years, I think, you know, why doesn't everybody understand this? But it is a stewardship. God gives us men and women to pour into, just like he gave Jesus the 12 disciples. He had to steward them and shepherd them and commit himself to them wholly in order to pass on the things that God the Father had taught him. And so as far as discipleship, I believe it's all about stewarding over the lives of others um, to pass on the gospel message so they in turn can reproduce reproducers I always say God was the first multi-level marketer. You know, he started with 12 and here we are today. So stewardship has everything to do with discipleship. It's imparting what's something from somebody else to, some, to that person who, again, passes it on to others. So stewardship is all about the Great Commission. That is so good. That's such a great insight to see that they are absolutely connected. It's it's the it's the lifestyle of being a disciple is the stewardship, uh, living that out in every every aspect of your life. Uh, thank you, because I think that there is um, it, it, sometimes we can compartmentalize things in our life, and yet that's not the way God is. He it's all it's all one with Him. It's all interconnected. Mm-hmm. Uh, so what do you really think about when, when you think about stewardship? Like, what other things come to mind? Well, um, you know, obviously, first and foremost, we think about how we manage our finances. But there's also, how, how do you manage every area of your life? Uh, and, and to borrow Ray's tag, time, talent, and treasure. Uh, you know, we, we've all got the same amount of time. And are we managing it effectively for Christ? Uh the talents that we have, everything that we have is given from God. It is a blessing from God. Different people have different talents, uh, but nobody created their own talents. They were given those as a gift by God. And then treasures, uh, obviously, are our, our finances and what God blesses us with. But what I, one of the concepts that that you know, we we think of, or I think of, is how do I maintain balance and how do I maintain margin in each one of those areas so that as God, as I see God at work in the world around me, I have margin with my time. I have margin with my talents and abilities by trying to develop those to the utmost. And I have margin with my treasure to be able to serve in whatever capacity he calls me to do at that particular point in time. Mm-hmm. I remember I was in Dwayne probably the same. I was kind of raised on Larry Burkett, who's one of the first Christian teachers on the scriptures. He actually would said that uh, there's more scriptures relating to money than there is about heaven. And of course, um, you know, Dave Ramsey's kind of carried that, passed that baton on and, and uh, writes a lot about that. But I remember Larry sharing one time in a conference I was at, just a simple illustration. It just, you know, certain things just kind of turn on a light bulb. And he said, Ray, I mean, he was just saying in the conference, he said, let's say I had to go out of town one weekend to speak and it was my wife's birthday and, and she wanted uh, just a lightweight coat. And this was probably 
30 years ago. And he said, let's say I gave my buddy a hundred dollars and said, Hey, listen, I want you to go out and buy my wife, you know, this lightweight coat. This is kind of the color she's looking at. And um, I'm going to be gone. And I really would appreciate you kind of filling in for me. He said, if, if I gave you that hundred dollar bill, you would do a better job with that than I would, because you would be stewarding it. And, and in a way, that's what, I, that's, that's what I think God's done. He's given us this time, talent, treasures to steward. It's his, and we need to do the best we can with that, as opposed to, well, I can go buy whatever I want to, or I can do whatever I want to. I can, you know, it's all about me. No, it's all about him and how do we steward these things to, for his kingdom. Um, and I just think sometimes Christians partmentalize things and say, okay, I gave, you know, my Sunday morning to God, and now I'm going to kind of live the rest of my life, you know, and make my own decisions about my finances and my time and where I'm headed and where I'm going and how I'm going to use my profession. But it's got to be integrated. It's got to be all about Him. And what does God want you to do with, you know, we're both business owners. This isn't our business. We're stewarding over. You know, I've got 20-some employees. I have to, I'm stewarding over. I'm shepherding over. What would God have me to do as opposed to just kind of squeeze out as much profit as I possibly can, you know? No, that's not kingdom mentality. Yeah, I, I'll go back and, and echo the Lordship again and talk about, you know, that's, that's number two of the four calls of Christ is Lordship. And really, I see a, I see a lot of men struggle with this, and a lot of men that I, that I meet, they, they, they will check the box on salvation, but they, they acknowledge hey, he's really not Lord of my life. He's not Lord of everything. Mm -hmm. So stewardship implies that he is Lord of everything. It's not my house. It's not my car. It's not my money. It's not my business. Mm -hmm. It is the Lord's. And are we managing those in such a way to bring glory and honor and praise to him? Are we trying to bring glory and honor, praise and wealth to us. Um, I, I think that says a lot about, I, I would encourage, I would encourage men and women to ask those deep, deep questions. Mm -hmm. You know, be real with yourself. Don't beat around the bush. Don't say, hey, I'm, I'm tithing or I'm doing this or I'm doing that. What really drives your motivation? What makes you get up and go to work every day? Mm -hmm. And are you really doing it for the Lord? Are you doing your work as unto the Lord? Mm -hmm. Are you doing your best? Or are you just trying to you just trying to make as much money as you can so that you can retire? And mm -hmm. uh, you know, I, I I listen to a lot of sermons from a lot of different guys, a lot of different preachers, and um, I heard I uh, heard some recently, and 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 uh, it, it's John Piper, yeah, but. I listened to his talk in 2000 to the uh, Passion Conference mm. when he talked about shells. Yeah, don't waste your life as collecting seashells. You know, you 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 your goal is to show, Lord, here's my seashell collection that we collected in retirement, walking on the beach. It's like, yeah. no, no, no. I I, I know yeah. I know Ray feels this way, and I mm -hmm. I really respect Ray a lot. Ray doesn't realize this, but Ray's been a and a big influence on on my life and the way I manage my business and do things. Because mm -hmm. years ago, Ray told me, he says, I run into Christian business guys and 
sometimes they're not the best guys. They don't do what they're, they don't yeah. do what they say they're supposed to do. And boy, that resonated with me. And it's like, yeah, there's people watching. So when I'm out there doing, I'm, I'm stewarding the Lord's name in everything that we do. Yeah. I think a lot of times what Christians do is they use the God card a lot of times to, to, to do deals. And I'm saying, you know what? God wants to be excellent in what we do. Hey, if we can share and fellowship more, that's fine. But God wants us to be the best we possibly can be and steward the things he's given us so that, so that people will ask you, as it says in First Peter, that they will ask you for the reason for the hope that lies within you. And I have had those circumstances where folks, you know, vendors have said, gosh, you, your company is different. What is it about it, you know? Because we pay our bills ahead of time, you know, and we, we're upfront and honest. And like I said, we don't have this shiny halo, but we do the right things because we're stewards. We're not owners. And it, it frees me up because when you're an owner, you have total responsibility. When you're a steward, you have bigger responsibility, I think, because it's somebody else's stuff. As you were sharing, um, a story came to mind um, I just remember the the way you described the really um, responsibility that stewardship is. Uh, when I was uh, 16 and I got my driver's license, my uncle came to visit. And uh, my uncle had a, a red Corvette with T-tops, and it was quite a cool car. And my mom said, uh, hey, Beth, will you go to the store and get us some of these groceries? And my uncle threw the keys at me, and he said, take my car. Mm. And I remember being like, oh my goodness, like his car is so important and his car is so special. And I drove, I drove it. I parked way out in the far part of the lot. I didn't want to get anybody near it. I was so super careful to drive extra slow. I, I think there, it reminds me that there's such a responsibility. Like when it's, it's God's, you care about it so much more because it was never ours, right? I, I my At 16, I probably didn't think near as much about my car, which was not very fancy at all. But for some reason, uh, as my uncle was so entrusting of me to just say, here's the car keys. You you, you are in charge of the car. It, it just put a sense of um, very seriousness on it that you want to, to, to the point that we do want to be extra thoughtful of everything that God has given us and extra uh, intentional about how we use those time, talent, and resources. And I would love for you guys to unpack those time, talent, resources for us sometime in this time together a little bit more. But even the, the talents in the scriptures, you know, the they were each given a talent. One took it to 10, one took it to five, and they said, and he basically honored them. But the one that buried it, he was the one that was that, that the, uh, the owner was real upset with. So I think, like Dwayne said, if all we do is collect this little financial empire and the little world we live in, and, and, and go to church on Sundays and, and just kind of check the boxes, I think God's going to be disappointed. But if we can come to him at the end of our lives and show him, see, I took whatever you gave me and I multiplied it in time, talent, treasures, and this is all yours, I think he's going to sell. He's going to say, well done, thou good and faithful servant. And that's finishing strong the way God wants us to. Yeah, and where, where are we told to build treasures? Mm -hmm. In heaven. Mm-hmm. And not here on earth where moth and mm -hmm. uh, can and, and rust can can mm -hmm. make it go away. And we we also uh, you know I, I, Larry Burkett was a uh, a mentor of mine. Mm -hmm. I never met him, never had that privilege. But as a uh, young father, uh, 
learned budgeting and uh, I just ate up all the things that, that he produced and taught. It was really, really good. Um, share, share the envelope system. I think that's kind of neat. Well, jo- Joyce and I, we, <laughs> we for years, uh, we did the, the envelope system uh, and we go get the money out at the beginning of the month and put it in on literally put it in envelopes and spend cash. And, uh, you know, it, it, it really makes it simple to stay within your spending habits. And that's even, that's, that's important when you don't have a lot, but it's even more important when you have an abundance. And, mm-hmm. and I will tell you that Joyce and, and I, we've been in that position of abundance many a times. And, you know, one of the things that, that I learned early on was to draw a line and say this and no more. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and what I mean by that is this level of house, mm-hmm. these type of cars, mm-hmm. this, this is, this is kind of our level of living and if we make anything more than that, then we need to be giving that and not consuming that. Mm-hmm. Uh, you you make your uh, peace with the Lord about what he would have you do. And it, it looks different for everybody. Mm-hmm. But I will assure you that uh, he didn't put anybody here on earth to have them uh, consuming everything that they make, even consuming a great portion of what they make. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's just, the, the, I don't see anything in scripture that says mm-hmm. you were put on this earth to, to bring joy and another, another piperism to, to live in Disneyland. You know, <laughs> we, we live in Disneyland. Mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's not about us and what we consume. Mm-hmm. He's promised to meet our needs and above and beyond that we need to, manage that the best way we can mm-hmm. and I, to to do kingdom building activities mm-hmm. and kingdom building efforts and uh, we'll probably talk a little bit about giving and generosity but i have some real definitive uh thoughts and and uh uh you know scripture speaks to me about building treasures in heaven as opposed to mm-hmm. uh hay and stubble that's going to be burned up at the end of the day I think you made a good point, Wayne. I think budgeting should be a part of everybody's finances because it protects you from you. You know, Vicki and I get, you know, I own this company and we get um, an allowance, I call it, twice a month, X amount of money goes into my account and Vicki's account. And, and we've already budgeted those dollars. So that's what we live on, you know, and the excess, you know, everybody talks about 10% giving away. I think we need to get away from percentages, you know, and just see what God can do in a big way. And so, you know, of course, I always tease when Vicki runs out of her budget, she goes out of her allowance, she goes into my allowance, but maybe I'm guilty too. But, but it's protect us. It's put guardrails up around us to protect us from doing stupid things with God's money. And I'm sure... You know, I'll make mistakes in the future, but I've, we've set this up to put guardrails to protect us and it protects our hearts because the scripture says where your treasures are, there will your heart be also. So if I protect my heart and I treasure his kingdom, that'll set my heart to kingdom things. and It'll get me excited about investing in kingdom opportunities, you know, with time, town, treasures, and not just like Dwayne said, just be self-consumptive and just, you know, just feed all my needs because... 
you know, there, there's always going to be a want, you know, and uh, and there's going to be a need. And so trying to cipher that, <clears throat> I remember Larry McKinnon, again, kind of one of my mentors also, I remember him saying, before you buy something, pray and ask God to either give it to you or give it to you at a reduced cost. And I can't tell you how many things I can point to, you know, whether it be cars or house or possessions, whatever, where God is either, we literally won a, a, a car in 2002, and that's a whole different God story. I'm not saying God throws a car in your driveway when you pray, but but if you give God the opportunity to, to work in that area, he'll show up in a big way. And I think somehow it gets so easy with credit cards and financing and this, that, and the other. We don't give God an opportunity to show up and uh, as far as stewardship. So let me, let me tell you, we, we uh, put this into practice early on. Our, our family was young, and in 1990, I remember starting to pray for a bigger house. We had uh, the house we lived in, we had one child, the two, the three, and we had planned to have more. And so, okay, Lord, I'm asking you for a large home that is in need of repair that we can get at a good price mm-hmm. that uh, we can renovate or remodel and and get it. it, it and I prayed that for, for two and a half, three years. And sometimes as they do, things drop off your prayer list mm-hmm. or you don't pray about them as earnestly. Mm-hmm. So our neighborhood, everybody started leaving. It was a kind of a starter neighborhood and everybody started leaving. And in 1994, we bought this house, the house that we live in today. And uh, it was, we were like, why is this house so cheap? I don't understand. Why this house is so cheap? And we went inside and we figured out it was, it, it, it was not as well maintained as it should have been. And it really wasn't until after we closed, but we put, we wanted to put a contingency contract on it. And the owner said, I can't do that. I want to get out. I'm done. I'm ready to go. And so we could have bought it mm-hmm. and paid both the mortgages, but we saw somebody else, a friend of ours, do that. We said, no, if God wants us to have this house, it'll be there. We literally put our house on the market, had it sold in seven days mm. and came back. And not only did we get the house under contract, but we got it at a better price. <laughs> <laughs> Mm-hmm. And, and it's just a testimony. I, my kids have heard that story over and again, but it's a real life testimony of, hey, this house is a blessing. And, mm-hmm. y- you know, we've used it over the years and we still try to use it. I prefer mm-hmm. to do my disciple uh, mm-hmm. uh, groups in my home mm-hmm. uh, because we it's more comfortable. People mm-hmm. actually enjoy being there. My wife right. prepares Mm-hmm. desserts or breakfast or whatever. So mm-hmm. uh, what a blessing that that has been to us. And uh, I, I believe God led mm-hmm. us there, directed us there, because it wasn't where we were looking. It wasn't mm-hmm. what we were thinking. Mm-hmm. And these are concepts sometimes you don't hear from the pulpit every time, but uh, but God wants to be a part of our finances in a big way. And I just think it's so easy to get drawn into the world system of, you know, and I'm not saying anything's horrible about credit cards, but I think we need to really trust God more than we do with our finances and pray. I remember, you know, as Dwayne was sharing that story, I remember when we first were married, you know, Vicki wanted a new um, kitchen table and chairs and we didn't have two sticks to rub together. And so we're putting so much money aside every, every month in a little account. 
And, uh, you know, she was just relying, oh, we can just, you know, we can buy it and we can just put it on our Sears credit card or whatever it was. I said, well, just wait, wait. And sure enough, when we had the money saved up, it happened to go on sale that month and we got it for a discount. So it was like God teaching us, if you're just patient and just work this system, then I'll show up. And it was just a lot of fun. And we still have a lot of fun seeing them do things like that. Right. Ray and I have been in the same Sunday school class for 20, uh, 25 years, something like that. And I've heard countless examples mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. Uh, the Lord working in Ray and Vicky's life. Mm-hmm. Little thing, little things like oh, that. Gosh. Just little things. It's, it's little stuff. Mm-hmm. And and the same things go on in, in our life. It's mm-hmm. It's amazing how God just shows up. Mm-hmm. But again, it's... It's really out of trying to honor him with our time, our talent, and our treasure. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's a lot of young guys that I disciple in the 20s and 30s, and, and it's so easy to get in financial bondage at a young age, whether it be a crazy mortgage or car payments or whatever. And so I really counsel these guys to be very conservative in their financial planning because otherwise, I mean, you can make one or two bad decisions that can derail your life in a big way because you've gotten in financial bondage. And a lot of people have gotten into financial bondage and it causes so much strife in marriages and families. It limits. I remember, again, you know, from Blair Blair Biquette would say, don't become debt free to boast or brag. Become debt free so that God gives you the flexibility to work in your heart and life to do things that you normally wouldn't be able to do from a stewardship standpoint. So we've been able to give money away to people all over the world in ministries and do different things that I could have never imagined had we not worked towards being debt-free. And it frees you up. So what was the key to that as far as... Well, well, living a lower lifestyle. Yeah. You know, and not getting the brand new, you know, car every year and and buying the most expensive house. And we were just... We just made decisions. You know, we didn't live on everything we made, and it is so freeing to do that. It doesn't matter how much money you make. The guy that makes a hundred and ten thousand dollars a year, but has a hundred and twenty thousand dollars in expenses, is much worse off than the guy that makes forty thousand dollars a year and has thirty thousand dollars in expenses. Mm-hmm. They're one's headed in the wrong direction, and like mm-hmm. financial bondage, and the other guy is headed in the right direction. Live, learn to live on less than you make, no matter how much it is that you make. That's what you got to do. And it also goes that stewardship of your time. If you're, if, you, if every hour of every day is planned, at what time if God prompts your heart and says, hey, I, wanna, I want you to stop by and visit so-and-so, or hey, I want you to start a discipleship group. Oh, no, I kind of work this night and I've got this. So stewarding everything is so important because you can get in bondage in so many aspects of your life to where God is limited as what he can do because you've already blocked out all your time and talent and treasures, you know, having, having margin, having margin is very, very, very important. Very important. So I love what you guys are saying. First of all, it's it's super inspiring to hear your stories, just to hear how God has worked personally within your life. And and Ray, I heard you say several times it's freeing. Like that's that's such a great word to describe. It's not. It sounds like it's pressure, but it's actually very freeing um, to live this style and to include God, like you were saying, in our in the details and the decision making of of our life. Could could you guys give me some examples of? 
What does it look like to uh, steward your time? You, you were starting to mention your schedule. What does it look like to steward uh, your talents? Uh, uh, I think, uh, and then and then a little bit more about the treasures. Maybe maybe continue to give us some examples of what that looks like. Well, um, I can give you a an example of uh, some skills and and things that that uh, I've learned over the years that have been developed and. Uh, we're quite honestly uh, at my business right now. We're really struggling uh, trying to find the right way to put that to work for kingdom building purposes. Um, uh, the work that I do is uh, a little bit unique, um, but you know, being able to find a, a a particular piece of property and envisioning what it's going to be and then converting it and doing that is a skill that is, is learned. Um, but you, you have to be willing to apply that in the ways that God brings to you, uh, at that particular uh, time. And, and you've got to have margin to be able to, to, to do that. Um, we are, when I say that we're struggling, we just, we know that God is working us through the process. Doors are opening, doors are closing, doors are opening, doors are closing, but God's working us through the process and we're just continuing to try to remain faithful to him in applying those skills to uh, uh, bring him glory and honor. And, and, and through our business endeavors, that's how we want to bring glory and honor to him. Mm-hmm. You know, um, I've got two young guys that I've been mentoring over the years and discipling, and they're they're slowly buying stock on my company. Now that I'm, now that I'm hit 64 last week, I'm, I'm an old guy, but I don't plan on retiring. <laughs> um, but but I, but again, discipleship should occur in all aspects of our lives, and especially in the business world. But what it's done in allowing them to take over more and more leadership, it's freed me up. So. I actually have more bandwidth in my schedule to meet these young guys at a cycle with for breakfasts and lunches and dinners. And so it's just a lot of fun. You know, I still love the business. I'll always love it and I'll still engage in it, but I'm being freed up more and more at this stage in my life to invest in others and really steward what God has taught me into their lives. And one thing I want to say, um, you know, as far as how we can really steward our talents, you know, um, several years ago, I started praying about buying an, uh, an office building. I had one years ago and sold it just before the 07, 08 crunch and rented for for close to 10 years and probably spent well over a million dollars just in leases. And I thought, you know, gosh, I want to be a better steward. So Dwayne's company and he uh, helped me find a, a fixer upper like he was talking about with a house and um, basically, um, you know, he rented his company, renovated it and it's absolutely gorgeous. It's beautiful. And the cool thing is, is that this is something that I'll be able to steward maybe later on once it's paid off and steward those dollars in the kingdom work. So that's a perfect example of Dwayne, Dwayne's talents being used for kingdom purposes in my life. And so those are the things that God can do. He can use us professionally in other people's lives for kingdom purposes. You know, we're, um, I, I'm, I'm a little bit, um, I'm, I'm 59, so I'm a little bit younger than Ray. And like I said, I've looked up to Ray. I remember years ago, 
wanting to go out on my own and start my own business. And I told Ray what I was going to do. And Ray was the one who said, hey, you really need to think about that. You think that's honoring God, the way you're thinking about doing that? Because I was I was going to keep one foot in and one foot out. And, you know, Ray, Ray challenged me on it. He didn't be around the bush. He said, very nice, smiling like he always does. But he said, I'm not sure that's honoring the God. And I went home and I was like, Dad, come it. <laughs> I said, you're, you're, he's right. Mm-hmm. And so I, I completely flipped my plan. I completely flipped my plan. Mm-hmm. I went back to work for, for other people. And it wasn't until uh, 09 and the, the real estate recession that, that we actually opened our, our shop. But part of what I was talking about with, with the, the struggles that, you know, some of the, not, not necessarily struggles, but it's, mm-hmm. he's, he's molding us, he's shaping mm-hmm. us, but, but we've created a little bit of a, a fund and, and it's an equity fund that we are looking to apply. And the purpose behind this is uh, to be able to generate wealth to do kingdom building from. I would like to have my business directed more towards creating income that can be used to build the kingdom. I, I, Ray, I'm on. Mm-hmm. I'm going to steal mm-hmm. a little bit of your Thunderbook. Okay. But Ray, Ray and I, we sit down and talk about his building mm-hmm. and when, you know, how much that's going to generate monthly on a monthly basis to do kingdom building work mm-hmm. and to, to, to be sent around the world. And so out of that inspiration, I'm so over here trying to do the same thing myself is to create a fund in our own company to, again, plus Let's generate that kingdom building work. Mm-hmm. You know, that's, that's, we want to, we want people that do manage time, talent, and treasure in a way that will enhance the kingdom of God. Because mm-hmm. I'm a firm believer in what scripture says that anything that you give that isn't towards building the kingdom is just hay and stubble. It's going to get burned up at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. So why would I want to give money to, mm-hmm. and, and don't get me wrong, I, I, mm-hmm. we, we went to the same mm-hmm. undergraduate school. We, I give a little bit of money to the mm-hmm. athletic program and said, but, but the majority of our giving, mm-hmm. and I would say vast majority of our giving, 95, 99% mm-hmm. of our giving is done through our local church and mm-hmm. above and beyond that, we do it mm-hmm. with what I call parachurch ministries and mm-hmm. uh, missionaries and orphanages and things of that nature. Ray, mm-hmm. Ray, mm-hmm. Ray's been doing this for, for years. Uh, it's so fun because we get letters from people like in Kenya and just in, in Asia and just, I mean, God's alive all around. And I always talk about these people that we support around the world. We call, I call them my spiritual mutual funds because the rate of return is out of this world. It's a lot better than mutual funds that I'm experiencing in the U S <laughs> but, but I mean, it's so fun. Like I've been to Cuba, I've been to a lot of different ministries, uh, ministries, but you know, in Cuba, you can support a full-time pastor for $25 a month. I mean, you're talking about a bang for your buck. Oh, my goodness. But, I mean, that's the fun thing about investing in kingdom work, not just locally but all around the world, is because it multiplies. It multiplies. In fact, we were with a couple that have a ministry in Kenya. They were over the other night, and we had um, God allowed us to send some money. And they said, you know, Ray, the check that you and Vicky were able to give us supported, I don't know how many families through this whole 
um, crisis because they couldn't get food. These these ministers couldn't get food, and and that allowed them, you know, to just sustain them for so long. And I mean, that's exciting to me. I'd rather do that than than spend it on me, you know. And and uh, so God just needs to open up our eyes. In fact, I was going to mention a little bit earlier, you know, because not everybody owns their own businesses like Dwayne and I. Or God owns them, but but if even when somebody gets a raise or an opportunity for a raise. You know, the tendency is, oh, that must be God's blessing. Well, we got to be careful because it may not be. So even when we have this opportunity to raise our earnings or raise our sphere of influence, we need to really pray about those things because it may be that God doesn't want that person to do that because they might be more effective right where they are. And later on, God may take care of their paycheck. So that's another misnomer I think that Christians have. Oh, God blessed me with this opportunity. Well, he may not have wanted you to take that. So we have to be so kingdom-minded about all the decisions we make to be careful. So, you know? so are blessings given to us to increase our comfort right. in Disneyland? Hmm. Or do we believe what Scripture tells us, blessings are given to us to be shared and given to others? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. To help the poor, to help the widows. Yeah, maybe. I mean, recall, I don't see too many things in in scripture that tell me that uh, building bigger houses or building bigger barns is a uh, is a good thing. And again, poverty is a spirituality. We're not saying that. No. We're just saying is that being a steward kind of takes you out of the game of making decisions without praying through it. You know. Yeah, I think the thing that that I, the point I'm trying to make to 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 men and women that are listening and disciple makers is, you know, if your people are comfortable and, and quite honestly, we live in North Fulton County, which is Disneyland on steroids. Mm-hmm. Uh, but, but if, if they're comfortable, I, I'm, I'm quite, I get nervous when I get comfortable. I'm not supposed to be comfortable. This life <laughs> isn't supposed to be comforting. You know, when, when we uh, share Christ with someone, we need to let them know. Hey, mm-hmm. they hated him. What do you think? And they killed him. What do you think they're going to do to you? <laughs> you know, he was God. Yeah. It's not, mm-hmm. we, we shouldn't expect that everything's going to be hunky-dory. Right. But at the same time, he is sufficient. He can meet our needs. He will meet our needs. We just need to be on our knees mm-hmm. out of total obedience to him. Mm-hmm. We need to be on our knees and understanding where he wants us to spend our time, mm-hmm. our treasure, our talent, mm-hmm. and how we share those blessings mm-hmm. with others. And I believe that we are in an area, we we should be sharing blessings with the, the world. I mean, that's what we should be doing. Yeah, I mean, there's this whole movement amongst the, in Christian, of health, wealth, prosperity. You know, name it, claim it, I'll call it, glab it, blab it, grab it. And, and that's just not biblical. I mean, I don't see anybody in the scriptures, you know, that basically that just um, just had it poured on him. Now, what, Solomon, even Solomon, look at Solomon. Eventually, his heart was drawn away from the Lord, you know. And so I remember I'm in a Christian businessmen's group, and we did a study on riches and, you know, what the scripture said. There were more warnings. It was the best time together. We spent hours just digging the scriptures. There's more warnings on wealth and riches than blessings. So, again, doesn't mean God can't use it. Again, it's the love of money that's a problem, not money. But we've got to be so careful to whom much is given, much will be required is what the scriptures say. So there's an awesome stewardship responsibility when God does give you more than 
normal, what are you going to do about it? You know, how are you going to handle it? And, and uh, uh, the lifesaver to those of us who are rich out there, which uh, in North Fulton, a lot of us are, uh, you know, Jesus said it's harder for the uh, camel to go through the eye of a needle than it is for a rich person to enter into heaven. But he didn't stop there. Mm. He finished it up with, but with God, all things are possible. Mm -hmm. So amen to that. But I, I just, I'd like to see more men having a heart for the Lord, a heart for the scriptures, and a heart for managing their lives in accordance with stewardship principles that are uh, demonstrated uh, throughout the, the scriptures from the Old Testament to the New Testament. We see it all over scriptures. And stewardship is such an important part of discipleship because, again, these men and women in these D groups, or if it's one-on-one, -on -one, they it, it needs to be more than head knowledge. It's got to be heart knowledge. Mm. And how do I take these scriptures and make them transformable in my everyday life from, you know, finances to my time that I spend to the, to the gifts that God's given me? How do I appropriate that in this stewardship, in this discipleship process? So, again... I can pass that on to somebody else. You know, I can't tell you how many young guys will sit down and look at their finances, you know, and that's just as important biblically as anything else. And, and I've had gone through guys say, no, you need to really pray about it because I don't think you need to be purchasing that or you need to hold off on this. And again, those are, those are decisions that can be life altering that can affect them in how effective or ineffective they can be in the future with discipleship because of avoiding financial bondage. You yeah. know? I just want to share something, and, and mm -hmm. I may have told you about this, Ray, previously, but um, my two sons and my two son-in-laws, uh, about two years ago, we started the process of discussing and our, our personal finances and holding mm, one another accountable and, you know, whatever level they were comfortable on. But what I can tell you is that over this two-year period, I mean, my my uh, one of my son-in-laws was uh, with me yesterday, and and we were talking about you know what the right way to do things and what we need to what 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 he needs to be doing as far as uh, investments and and you know it, it's just it's just really good. Most people are afraid to talk about right. any of that stuff. They don't want to talk about it. They don't want accountability. That's my money. Yeah. <laughs> well, if it's if you truly believe it's God's money, then you're kind of like I was as a young guy, which is running around consuming everything Larry Burkett had because I, it's God's money. I want to know how, how am I supposed to manage it? And I wasn't smart enough to dig all that stuff out of the Bible without having somebody helping me dig it out. So I really love everything you guys are teaching us today. This is this has been so powerful. I I, I hear a spirit of discernment um, in the way that you're living. That you uh, you see everything that you have is from God, and you stay in prayer constantly, communication with Him. So you wake up in the morning and you say, "Today is the day for you, Lord." And how can I use today, my time that you've given me today, for your kingdom? And this is the money that I have today, whatever that amount is, small or large. How can I use it today for your kingdom? And these are the 
talents that you've given me, the gifts, the abilities. How can I use those today for your kingdom? And so there's this openness with the Lord that wherever you are, whatever you have, you can use that much. And that can be what you're stewarding today. And that sounds doable. That sounds like a conversation that you'd want to have all day long with God as Mm -hmm. things come up and as you continue to uh, get those blessings that Dwayne mentioned that you can pass on to others and listening to whether this is something that you should do or shouldn't do um, as um, as the Spirit leads. So my question for you would be, what do you say to this um, person who's growing in their faith? They're seeking to live a life like God, but the way that their lifestyle is right now, they think, I don't have any margin. I don't have any space in my calendar. Everything is booked up. I have a, I have all this work and I have all this family and I have all these needs and I don't have any extra money. I can't even consider giving or, or doing anything because we're in debt and I don't even know what my talents are. Like how, where do they start? What is, what, what would you say to them? Well, the first thing that I would do is, uh, I'd probably look around and see if I can find somebody that is living a life that demonstrates stewardship and find a Paul, find a Paul. And, and, uh, you know, I, I, I won't speak for Ray, but I know with my own situation that if anybody is interested in talking to me or having me, uh, uh, talk to them, I'd be more than happy to, I, I, you have taught classes. Yeah, well, we've I've taught classes and, and we, we've done different things, but but I'm mm-hmm. sure Ray, that's what Ray does. Ray meets with young guys. He loves meeting with young yeah. guys and, and pouring into them. I mm-hmm. I love meeting with young my when I'm when I'm with my uh, sons and son-in-laws and teaching them the things that I've learned over the years and how to live and how to steward their money. And I, I think they're all doing pretty well with what, what they've been taught. Uh, that just, that just brings joy to my heart because I know, cause I, I tell them as well, you got to pass it down to the next generation. Mm-hmm. And, and, but I, I, I do that. So I'm working with a family in, in, in Roswell right now through the church with, uh, with Homestretch and, and I, and I tell them the same thing that I told my children mm-hmm. about, you know, this is how you do this. You have to learn to live on less than you make. Mm-hmm. You've got to understand who owns everything, who your provision comes from, be in commune with them. And, uh, you, you know, it, it, blessings, when they come, blessings are meant to be shared. Um, you know, some people may be in situations where, they need emergency funds or other things, but pretty quickly you can get your situation built up so that you can begin to generate a lot of generosity. And I, I love that generate generosity. And see a lot of, a lot of these younger people, they've not really been taught finances. Mm-hmm. And so <laughs> I remember hearing a story of one, one, uh, one young lady in college kept on um, going over her limit on her bat and her checking account. And her father said, Honey, don't you know? She goes, well, I just thought as long as I had checks in my checkbook, there was money in my account. And so, and so just the simple basic blocking and tackling isn't being taught. So it's just so important to, um, to help these young people 
you know, there's tons of books on finance, finances and how to handle them. I said, um, you know, Dave Ramsey has some of the best courses out there now. And of course, you know, Larry Buquette still has publications. But I, I agree with Dwayne. I think and that's what I've done over the years. If I look back on my life and say where I've learned a lot, not only through the scriptures, but it's through older godly men that have poured into me the things that God's taught them. When I work with these younger guys, I said, you guys get the advantage of, of, of taking, uh, of taking all the mistakes I've made and turn it around. You know, in other words, I can pass on things to you that, that'll, I wish somebody had passed on to me some when I was younger. So I think it's important if you got that young person says, I don't know where to start, where to begin. I don't have time for anything. I can barely make it. I think there needs to be a Paul in their lives to say, okay, let's, let's lay your finances out and see what, what's going where in your time. And, and how you're, you know, uh, addressing these these um, you know professional issues, and just help them sort it out because we just can't live live the Christian life as a lone ranger. We need other people, you know. We need the Pauls, you know, the mentors, the Barnabases, as I say in my my last interview, to do life with, and the Timothys is the younger ones to pass it on to. And I find a lot of men don't have those relationships, even. Even their dads didn't pour into them the things sometimes that they needed. And so that's why we need to look outside our sphere of influence and say, God, pray and ask, you know, that these older men, would, you know, I could approach them and say, hey, listen, would you spend time with me kind of helping me work through some of this? And, and like Dwayne said, we're always, we always want to be available to that. I, I would challenge any young people that are listening, if you have the intestinal fortitude hmm. and the courage to do it, you need to find a guy who's lived uh, life for 30, 40 years mm -hmm. uh, doing what you're going into mm -hmm. that demonstrates godly characteristics. And you need to get at their hip and learn from them. Mm -hmm. There's, I, I told a young person here recently who came to me and said, you know what? I, I, I guess I have to make my own mistakes, but I'm smart. I learned from my mm -hmm. mistakes. I said, well, that's great. I really, I really think that's great because it'd be a pity if you kept repeating those mistakes over and over again and being dumb about it. <laughs> I said, but you know what? My prayer for you is wisdom. And you know why? Wisdom is learning from the mistakes of others. So you don't have to do the same thing and you don't have to experience that. You can learn from somebody who's been there and done it. And now you can overcome, you, you, you get to, you get to miss that piece. That chunk of flesh doesn't have to come out of your body because mm -hmm. there's a guy who's been doing it for 30 years that made that same mistake. And, mm -hmm. oh, yeah, don't think I'd do that if I was you. And, Beth, this is also true for the ladies. I mean, I know we kind yeah. of talked about guys a lot, but it's true. There's these young women at home with their first newborn, and they don't have a clue on what life is going to look like. So they need to look for those women that have had several children that are a little bit older and say, hey, listen, how did you do it? How did you walk the Christian life? How did you steward your time, talent, treasures? Because I'm just trying to survive on a daily basis. That's so key um, to find those older, wiser adults that you can learn from their mistakes and learn what God's done and just say, okay, how does that apply to my life? You know? Yeah. Yeah, that's that's really good encouragement right there because we do need those wiser people in uh, in our lives. And I I can think of some people that spoke into mine. There was a season of 
a little shopping therapy going on, and they were like, "That's not godly. <laughs> that's not how. That's not how we're supposed to be coping with things." And so, I, I think that that we need those people to to help us see things we can't see within ourselves. Mm-hmm. Hey, um, I, I know our time is coming to a close. I want to ask you guys, for those disciple makers out there, those people like you, you both, they our, our audience may not know, but they need to go back and listen to your previous podcast. Both you guys live the life of making disciples. Um, and so for the listeners that have a group of people or discipling one-on-one, and they want to bring stewardship into this, do you have any tips or any, uh, any last parting comments for them as they're trying to... Uh, connect stewardship as part of continual disciple making yeah i I think uh i think as you get to know the i'll I'll refer to men because that's we i disciple men so as you get to know the men in your group uh there'll be times where you can find out what's going on in their lives and where they are and what you know you, you learn to know more about them and you can you can offer wisdom, but more, more importantly, most importantly, we can go to the word and uh, the word. We, we, we don't have to we don't have to be preaching or necessarily teaching. We just need to be exposing people. So I've got a, um, uh, a very, very, very dear friend of mine who was raised uh, uh, where finances were always in a mess. Finances were always in a mess. And just in love and gentleness of, hey, let's see what Scripture says about hmm. this. What, what does Scripture say to this? You know, we, we, we shouldn't be barring. And, and, and I'm telling you, to, today, today, they are making their way out of debt. They're making their way. They're doing things with their money that's wise. They're investing. They're, you know, they're, they're, it, it can be turned around, but as part of disciple making is the relationship part, right? You know the you know the people that are in your groups, and uh, hopefully you have the accountability and the openness to for them to to share with you with, with where they are. Mm-hmm. And if somebody's struggling in that area, then that's an opportunity to go in and and talk about it. But all, but also just starting from the beginning, you know, stewardship. I don't. I can't separate stewardship from lordship. That right. that just to me, they're you know, you're a steward or a manager because he's lord. He owns it all. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think um, a good start would be listening to this broadcast. <laughs> <laughs> At least get their feet wet, right? But then again, there's so many good books on finances these days, as far as Christian, you know, how to handle your, your, you know, I mean, you know, David Ramsey just has great courses. It, it may be that, you know, at some point the, the, the D, D group leader says, okay, after we finish this task, you know, this session, we're going to go through, you know, a two or three week, you know, session on stewardship of finances. I mean, I think it needs to be incorporated in the discipleship process somehow, some way. Because it's so much a part of our life. Uh, again, I've discipled guys with head knowledge for years early on, just early on, you know, kind of knowing that's what I need to pack their head with scripture. But then I realized, you know what, if I don't, if I don't get a hold of their hearts, it's not going to be transformational for a long time. So that's why I think, you know, discipleship and, and stewardship, it's, it's the total person. You know, it's not just one hour or an hour and a half in a D group. But yeah, that's a good start, but it's got to be more than that. And it's got to be, you know, having guys read books and have them listen to podcasts and, 
having them have their quiet times and, and be accountable to one another and spur one another on, scripture memory, just all the basic fundamentals. Um, but just don't stop with just that one particular session. So I just think there's a lot in, in the financial world that these young guys need to learn about. And it's available to them whether or not they'll be self-taught or if that D group leader needs to incorporate some of that material in, in the sessions down the road may be a good idea, you know. All right. Wow. Such great wisdom. I can't even tell you guys. Thank you so much. I agree with you. This podcast is a great place to start. Uh, If we just went back through each of the nuggets of information that you shared with us today, I I think that there is much teaching and much uh, practical application that we can put into our lives. So Dwayne, Ray, we thank you. We thank you for your time. We thank you for how you live your life in such a way that honors God's uh, with your stewardship And uh, we just pray a great blessing over both of you, the work that you do and the way that you continue to make disciples of Jesus Christ. Thank you. Thank you for being with us today. Thank you. Take care. For more information, check out our website, 419disciplemakers.org.